There's not much else to do in this one-horse town, so to pass the time, sometimes you just shoot the breeze. A directionless and sometimes strange breeze. Small town, long-time buddies talk about everything under the sun, because there's not really much else to do. Hosts Juan and Richard, they're shooting from the hip. Available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. A link will be provided in this episode's description. Go check it out. Strange Places. I'm your host, Billy Dean Shoemate III. The show is brought to you by Spotify and DistroKid. Now, if you've noticed, we've done very few, if any, stories about things of a religious nature. Miracles, divine apparitions, things of a belief system-oriented happening. I do this because, you know, even though I'm a Christian, I respect all belief systems and I don't want to alienate any of you Listeners, the show is listened to all over the world, all walks of life, all religions, and I think it's just bad form to cover things of a religious nature and offer a true, inconclusive, or debunked label to something so deeply personal and meaningful to people. I mean, I wouldn't like it if someone did it to me, so I try my absolute best to award you know, all of you the same uh, respect. However... There's so many strange stories out there centered around religious places and religious figures. I can ignore them no longer. They're all so fascinating, so interesting. So tell you what, I'm going to make you a deal. Meet you in the middle. We will tackle the religious stuff, the signs, the wonders, the supposed miracles, and we will not offer a verdict at the end. We'll report it and let the listeners decide what they believe. Deal? Deal. Now with that out of the way, this particular case here is a fascinating and honestly pretty haunting one. It's one that's amazed me a lot over the years. In the town of Fatima, Portugal, an extraordinary event unfolded on October 13, 1917. Three young shepherd children, Lucia Santos and her cousins, Francisco and Jacinta Marto, claimed to have received visitations from the Virgin Mary herself. They spoke of messages and prophecies, capturing the attention of believers and skeptics alike. The children described the apparition as a beautiful lady from heaven who conveyed warnings, teachings, and requests for prayer and penance. Now, word of the children's vision spread rapidly, as you can imagine, drawing thousands of people to Fatima on what ended up being a pretty fateful day. As the crowd gathered, something extraordinary happened. Witnesses reported a sudden change in the atmosphere. The rain-soaked ground and drenched clothing of the onlookers dried instantaneously, and then... A remarkable spectacle occurred. What some people, what everyone referring to this story anyway, calls the miracle of the sun. Accounts of the precise nature 
of this miracle kind of vary. Some witnesses describe seeing the sun spin rapidly, emit dazzling multicolored lights, and even dance across the sky. Others reported seeing the sun become a silver disk, emitting radiant beams in all directions. The event lasted for several minutes, and during this time, the assembled crowd experienced a range of emotions, from awe and wonder to fear and amazement. And there are photos. But one thing that I didn't do in my research, you know, like we do, I try to save it for when we're recording. I want to know how many people are there because in these photos, boy, there looks like there's a lot. Uh, how many people witnessed the miracle of the sun? Oh, my God. Listen to this. October 13th, 1917, the crowd of believers swelled to 70,000. 70,000 people. About 2 p.m. this happened. Wow. <laughs> 70,000. I had no idea it was that many. Wow. That is crazy significant. You know what I mean? Like, Look at the, what do scientists call it? The control group, right? <laughs> the group is 70,000. That's wild. I'm just floored by that. 70,000 people. I knew it was a lot, but damn. Now, it's important to note that not everybody present during this alleged miracle of the sun witnessed this vision. Some reported seeing nothing out of the ordinary, leading to different accounts and interpretations of the event. Skeptics have proposed scientific explanations, such as atmospheric phenomenon, uh, optical illusions, you know, to rationalize this thing. However, these explanations fail to really fully satisfy the profound impact the event had on those who believe in its miraculous nature. Right? While photographs of the event do exist, they kind of present a peculiar challenge. See, these images, were they were captured on pretty rudimentary cameras at the time. They don't clearly depict the phenomenon itself. Instead, people say they portray a sense of intrigue and wonder. Now, I purposely kept myself away from the photos of the supposed incident itself, because... You know, it's said that there are photos of the actual phenomenon itself. I just saw the photos of the crowds. I wanted to see their faces, their reactions, you know. And um, right here, as I'm recording, you know, we're going to, I want all of you to hear, hear my first impressions of looking at these, you know. But again, I've been told that the actual photos of the phenomenon itself really aren't that impressive because of the rudimentary cameras at the time. Sorry, my chair is very squeaky. I need a new chair, guys. <laughs> so let's do a little bit more diving before I go jumping into these pictures. Because even with the ones with the crowd, I mean, I didn't look super, super close at these. I just kind of well, was interested to see how many people were there, you know. But even then, I had no idea. It was that many. What people really say, I mean, they say in the photos that something seems to be happening but it's hard to discern the exact nature of the occurrence. These images, 
Add to the enigma and fuel further speculation, leaving us wondering about the true essence of the events witnessed by thousands on that day. Over time, the miracle of the sun has kind of transcended its... Uh, how do I say this? It transcended its historical context, right? And it kind of became a significant part of religious folklore, not only in that area, but everywhere. Its impact extends beyond the immediate witnesses and continues to inspire believers and researchers alike, whether they're skeptics or not. It's a pretty amazing thing. I mean, everybody has kind of a weird reverence for it, whether they believe it or not. The Catholic Church, which I got to say this, it's part of the investigation, right? The Catholic Church, after conducting extensive investigations, officially recognized the miracle of the sun, the miracle of the sun as genuine miracle. Did you hear what I said? The Catholic Church, after conducting an extensive investigation, officially recognized the miracle of the sun as a genuine miracle, one of the few. In 1930, the local bishop, Jose Alves Carreria de Silva, sorry if I butchered that, declared the apparitions of the Virgin Mary and Fatima worthy of belief, lending weight to the phenomenon and acknowledging its significance within the context of not just the paranormal, but faith. The shrine at Fatima, where that event happened, it kind of became a, from what I see, it kind of became like a pilgrimage site, but a global one. Millions of visitors... Each year, go to this place. Millions. People from various walks of life, different faith traditions, come to seek solace, inspiration, sense of connection to the divine. They all have different answers. The miracle of the sun remains an enigmatic and thought-provoking event, to say the least. Offering a glimpse into the, what I would call the intersection of the physical and the spiritual. As we dive into the mysteries of this weird planet we live on, and outside of it in some cases, right? It's crucial to approach, I think, events with an open mind. And not only that, but then stuff like this, respect for the beliefs and experiences of others. The miracle of the sun at Fatima continues to challenge understanding of natural and supernatural to these people. Kind of reminds us that, you know, like what did I say before? A few episodes ago, some truths are kind of in the eye of the beholder, right? Maybe some explanations are not of this world. We cannot definitively explain or debunk the events that took on place on that October day, whether I was aiming for that or not. The legacy of the miracle of the sun endures. Stronger than a lot of the cases we've discussed on this show. I think it stands as kind of a testament, honestly to the power of faith, the allure of the unexplained, kind of like the com complexities of the human experience. You know what I mean? And there's something kind of special about the miracle of the sun. It's just, it, it's hard to put my finger on. Like I said, we're not going to prove, debunk, inconclusive this thing. We're not going to do it. I just don't think it's right. But I got to say, there's something just deeply for lack of a better word, just kind of human about this whole thing. Now, I want to get into the real reason we're here. <laughs> the reason why I wanted to do this. The photos. I have purposely stayed away from photos of the 
the the event itself pointing at the sun. I want real reactions here. And it's probably going to be underwhelming. I mean, these are crummy cameras. But I may be focusing on the wrong thing anyway, right? What really is important is the photos of the people, I think. Now, we can't tune into, you know, Channel 6 and see what the weather was like that day. But from what witnesses have said, over 70,000 of them, may I remind you, it was very rainy all day. And apparently the second this happened, everything around them, including their clothes, their hair, everything, just dried up instantly. Now, it's kind of difficult for me to get out of the mode of, um, you know, verdict. So I'm, I'm trying my best. <laughs> uh, I just have to keep reminding myself, no, we're not doing that here. Not for this one. So I'm just going to observe. We're just going to observe. Everybody looks pretty confused in this first photo. Just a tight group of ladies, young ladies, coverings on their heads. All their clothes are dry. And um, they're all looking in one direction. They, they, it's more of a look of confusion. They're rubbing their chins. Their, uh, you know, their brows are scrunched. They just, that's an odd photo, this one. Okay, let's see what we got. I want to focus on the crowd photos first, and then we'll look at the actual event itself. All right, we have another photo. Man, that's a lot of people. Holy shit. Everybody looking into the sky. Looks like some people are crying. Some are amazed. Some are completely baffled, confused. And what's odd to me is that some people said that they didn't see anything. I find that strange out of the 70,000 some people saw it some didn't it's kind of funny I can almost tell in this photo in this photograph this is of the crowd I can almost tell which ones are kind of straining to see something and then there's reports of people saying I did see something but it it was more it wasn't the sun necessarily I didn't see because they said the sun, uh, there were people there that, uh, accounts vary. Some people would say that the sun grew three, four times its size. Multicolored lights dancing in the sky, sun moving at weird and strange angles. Some people said they saw straight up nothing. Some people said that they saw the sun pulsate. Some people say that it was more of a feeling in the air. Like you, uh, a static almost. Almost like you just knew something wasn't right. That it was more of a kind of a feeling. One person described it as like a pressure in the air. Another group of people. We have some men in this one. I know nothing about the culture. I know nothing about the time. I got to tell you, some of these grown men looking up in the sky look like little kids. Pretty amazing. There's one guy in the background that's crying, actually. <laughs> Wow. Grown man back there. Early 19-teens in tears. Some people, it's just, it's such an odd photo. Some people are looking at the camera. Some of these people have probably never seen a camera before. 
So it kind of makes you think, like, how many people have that look on their face because they're witnessing something bizarre? And how many, you know, like, supernaturally bizarre? And how many people are looking that way because, well, they're seeing something bizarre, you know, a camera? I don't know how prevalent cameras were in that area at the time, right? These people look really pretty well-dressed. 70,000 of them gathered, I assume. I don't want to make any assumptions about the area and all that, but um, chances are they've probably seen a camera before. It's an odd photo. Really odd. It's just what gets me is the men. I, like, I know how men portray how men carried themselves at that time, at least here in America. I don't know about Portugal, but I know at least here in America how men carried themselves during this time. Uh, I'm going to stay away from the commentary about manliness these days. <laughs> if you ask me personally, I'll just say this. It seems to me that... It just seems to me that manliness in general is considered toxic, you know. There's nothing wrong with being manly. But these were, you know, these were manly men. And they don't look like manly men. They just, they look like little kids. Just that look of awe and wonder and amazement. And what's funny is the grown men look like that. And then if you look at the kids, they're the ones that look like how the adults should be looking. Like, what the hell is that? You know, just utter confusion. These photos are amazing. I especially like looking at photos this old, you know? I'm looking at ghosts, man. Pretty incredible. There's, oh, wow. I'm trying to look at individual faces and really focus on them. Some people are praying. Some people are crying. Some people are just utterly confused, like they don't know where the hell to look or what's going on. One man has his hand covering his face. One woman appears to be screaming. Wow. Okay, we got another crowd photo. This one's kind of a famous one. We have one, two, three. We have a, a woman, younger girl, looks like probably their father, and a young boy. Four people kneeling in the crowd. And you can see in the background, other people are kind of kneeling. These people are praying, looking up into the sky. One's smiling. Yeah, it looks like it had been raining quite a bit. Ground looks pretty soggy. Ground looks really soggy, actually. Everybody's clothes appear to be dry. And what's funny is, if you look at the women, they have their... Their scarves don't cover their whole forehead. Their scarves are pulled, you know, back like halfway down their scalp. <laughs> now, ugh, I got to stay away from the verdict thing. We just need to observe. These women, their hair is fucking wet. How is their hair wet and their clothes are dry? That's just, you know what a woman looks like with wet hair. When somebody has long hair, you know what it looks like when it's wet. It's just plaster. It looks really webby. You know what I mean? Like when you first, you know, you, you or your old lady gets out of the shower, you know, and I know what wet hair looks like. These women got wet hair. The fucking clothes are dry, man. I'm telling you. That's pretty, pretty interesting. Wow, these people are very well dressed. Kind of makes you think. The Virgin Mary said she would appear on this day. She made prophecies 
over a series of days, right? That's how it went down. Came to these girls, these young girls. And everybody in town thought these young girls were crazy. And it turns out that these prophecies maybe have had some validity to them. So like, okay, maybe something going on here. Let's see if these little girls are telling the truth. Virgin Mary appears to them again. Virgin Mary says, I'm going to be here this date, this date, I'm going to, this date, this time. Tell them. Maybe they didn't dress this way all the time. Because most of them aren't even wearing shoes. What I gather from this, because I didn't see this in a lot of the articles and stuff I read. It looks like these people came out wearing their, what U.S. Southerners would say their Sunday best. They dressed up for this event. That's what everybody's carrying. Okay. I thought one guy was leaning on a gun earlier, but they all have, almost everybody here has an umbrella. This guy's holding his hat, and it's all wilted and wrinkled and stuff. Yeah, it must have been raining pretty hard. That's what I think it is. Everybody just showed up in their best clothes, you know. They figured the Virgin Mary was going to be there. So they dress that way out of respect. That's what I see. And the reason I say that is because some of the suits, as nice as they are, the men in particular, the women, you know, just have shawls over them and nice looking dresses and, you know, stuff like that. This is probably how they dressed anyway. The men look a little different. Their suits, they're either a little too big for them or a little too small for their bodies. They're wrinkled. They're somewhat mismatched, you know? It doesn't look like these men dressed like this a lot. That's very interesting. Okay, now for the photos of the event itself. I have a photo here that was... Uh, I'm going to use this for the thumbnail, so if you're wondering what photo I'm looking at, the thumbnail. I'll make it the thumbnail. Um, the Vatican paper published this photo as irrefutable, irrefutable proof of the Fatima miracle. Hmm. That's an interesting photograph. I got to tell you, I don't know the first thing about how cameras worked back then. If you pointed a camera at the sun, I couldn't tell you what kind of photograph it would make. If it would make the cornea of the sun appear brighter with the darker spot in the middle, I have no idea. You take a photo today and it kind of looks like that. You know, the sun, right? And then we have, look, uh, okay, take the sun and then draw a line to the upper left. Draw like a diagonal line with your eye. See that little white, whitish kind of spot there? That's interesting. Is that a lens flare? Is that things moving around? It's a pretty eerie photo. Pretty eerie. I mean, the sun doesn't look normal, <laughs> but when you take a photograph of the sun, you know, it kind of does mess with stuff like that. That's, that's an interesting photo. I'm looking at another one. Uh, original photo taken from the negative. Original photo, untouched, miracle of the sun in Fatima, 13th October 1917, published by L'Observatore Romano, 1951. This looks like... Actually, this looks... No, it's not the same photo. It's taken from a different angle. Now, this photo's weird. Hmm. But you see, I'm not just going to sit here and describe photographs. <laughs> Look them up for yourself. But I got to tell you, all the photos of the 
the business end, you know, the money shot. They all look the same. And I'm not saying that's a, you know, I'm not saying that to dog it. I'm just saying you're seeing the same effect in every photo. The sun, quote unquote sun, appears to be in the same spot in every photo. Because that tree to the right. I'm trying to figure out if these are all the same photograph. Because we only have three existing photos of the miracle itself, right? Yeah. Okay, they're not three separate photos. You either see the untouched version or the version that the Vatican released. I understand what the Vatican did. They kind of uh, developed it different. They, what we would say now is bumped the contrast and the brightness. They developed the negative in a certain way to make you know the it stand out more. This had this got published in a paper. They had to anyway. So these three quote unquote versions, it's not a separate angle. It's not. Because if you zoom in on it, it's the same photograph. So really, we only have one photograph of the miracle of the sun cropped or enhanced by various entities. There's only one photo of this supposed event. There's got to be another one. I mean, I looked high and low for these photos. Let me try some different keywords here. That's not Photoshop. <laughs> uh, well, we've seen some crowd photos I didn't notice before. These people look just amazed, man. Um, yeah. Oh, wow, that's a crowd. That was taken shortly after. Looks like the crowd's dispersing. I wonder how long they stuck around, you know, like how long they stood out there. So as far as the actual event itself... Some people say the sun was swirling, that it created a, a spiral-looking design in the sky. That's interesting that some people say they saw it and some say they didn't. Oh, do we have another one? Sorry, my cat's going crazy. He wants in. But he keeps going in and out, and I keep having to cut, so he's going to have to chill. And you guys might have to uh, be forced to listen to a very... Very pissed off cat. <laughs> if any of you out there have cats, does your cat do that? They want out so bad, and then you let them out, shut the door, right? They're like, they want, they're the ones that want it out. And then you shut the door, and they start freaking out, like, what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> All right, I thought we had another photo for a minute because the sun looks elongated, it looks more oval shaped than circle-shaped. I've got to see if this is two separate photos. No, it's not. It's stretched. Okay, there's also a version out there where uh, the photograph is stretched vertically, and it looks more like an oval. I wonder, with a modern camera, I know I've seen the effect before, but I want it, I want it kind of fresh in my head. I want to see what it looks like, even with a modern camera. Um, this is going to be weird. I know I'm going to pull up astronomical photos. Maybe we'll get lucky. Photo of the sun. 
Yeah, I'm just going to pull up NASA stuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's use some smarter keywords here. Taking a photo of this. And I want to see that effect, you know, when you take just a normal camera and take a picture of directly of the sun. Because sometimes you do. You get that black kind of mark. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Okay, here we go. Yeah, you do get kind of an odd thing that might look like this. You get that kind of darkish mark, you know, kind of like when you glance past the sun and your eye focuses on it for just a split second too long. Interesting. So, <laughs> yeah. Catholic Church recognizes this thing as a legit miracle. One of the very, very few ones that they have. That's incredible. Miracle of the Sun, Fatima, Portugal. Yep, okay. It is confirmed, I suppose, because, I mean, I hunted for a while trying to find this more photos of this thing. And we only have one photo, but it's been cropped, and it's been chopped, and it's been stretched, and it's been messed with and enhanced and all that. Looks like there's only one photo. What's interesting to me, among other things, is why do we have so many photos of the crowd and only one of the miracle of the sun itself, right? There's so many photos of the crowd. And then we only have one of the actual miracle itself happening. I'm not develop, you know, I'm not giving a verdict or, you know, anything like that. We're sticking to that. I'm just giving my observations here, you know, an event this incredible, supposedly, and miraculous. And we only have one picture of it. Maybe it was difficult to take a photo like that at the time. I, who knows? One thing I want to mention before we go. The prophecies. Now, this was beginning in the spring of 1916. Remember, three Catholic shepherd children living near Fatima reported apparitions of an angel, what they thought was an angel at the time, and starting in May of 1917, Virgin Mary. That's what she identified herself as, whom the children described as the Lady of the Rosary. Now, anyway... The children reported a prophecy that prayer would lead to an end to the Great War. And then on 13th of October of that year, the lady would reveal her identity and perform a miracle so that all may believe at once. Newspapers reported the prophecies. A lot of pilgrims started visiting the area. You got to keep in mind, though, the children's accounts were deeply controversial, drawing intense criticism from both secular and religious authorities at the time. A provisional administrator briefly took the children into custody, actually, believing the prophecies were politically motivated in opposition to the officially secular you know, forced, uh, Portuguese Republic established in 1910. But the church started saying, okay, this is odd. There's something, there's something to this. Do you know that it's estimated on the high end that 100,000 people were there? Holy crap. <laughs> A lot of dark rain clouds, sun poking through. Photograph is static, though. I mean, whatever the crowd saw was... It wasn't captured in the photograph. You know what I mean? The three children 
who originally claimed to have seen Our Lady, also reported seeing panorama of visions, including those of Jesus, Lady of Sorrows, Lady of Mount Carmel, St. Joseph, blessing the people. Lucia actually said that uh, on the occasion of her third visit to the COVID the Erie on 1917, she asked the lady to tell them who she was and to perform a miracle so that everyone would believe. The lady told her that they should continue to come to that Cova area each month until October when the requested miracle would occur. And I guess they, she didn't give a specific date now that I'm seeing. She just said, uh, keep coming back throughout the month. And it looks like more and more people started showing up. We have accounts verbatim. Eyewitness descriptions if you want to hear them. Uh, let's see. Domingos Pinto Calejo, writing for the Catholic newspaper Ordem. He was there. He said, The sun at one moment surrounded with scarlet flame, at another aureoled in yellow and deep purple, seemed to be an exceedingly swift and whirling movement. I tell you, two suns, at times appearing to be loosened from the sky and to be approaching the earth, strongly radiating heat. Uh, Lisbon newspaper Odia. This gentleman says the silver sun enveloped in the same gauzy gray light was seen to whirl and turn in the circle of broken clouds. The light turned to a beautiful blue as it had come through the stained glass windows of a cathedral and spread itself over the people who knelt with outstretched hands. People wept and prayed with uncovered heads in the presence of a miracle they had awaited. The seconds seemed like hours, so vivid were they. A young lawyer named Jose Almeida Garrett said this, The sun's disk did not remain immobile. This was not the sparkling of a heavenly body, for it spun around on itself in a mad whirl when suddenly a clamor was heard from all the people. The sun whirling loosened itself. That's another th <laughs> second person to say loosened itself. From the firmament and advanced threateningly upon the earth as if to crush us with its huge fiery weight. The sensation during those moments was terrible. And then it stopped. Hmm. This is another guy that mentions heat, too. There was a great heat. There's a lot of eyewitness accounts. I don't know if I could read all these. We're already at time. This would take another 20 minutes. I'm not shitting you. Wow. That's a lot of eyewitness accounts. Well, I mean, there's 70,000 people there, right? <laughs> We're going to have a lot. Damn. So... I want to I want to figure out what Pope Pius said. He was a, obviously a pope at the time. Pope Pius the twelfth. Uh, he approved the Fatima apparitions in 1940, four times during the week. Oh, so I guess the twelfth wasn't at the time. It wasn't declared until 1940. Hmm. Four times during the week that he declared the dogma of the Assumption of Mary. Pope Pius claimed to have witnessed the same miracle of the sun. At 4 p.m. on 30th of October 1950, during a walk in the Vatican Gardens, he arrived at the statue of Our Lady of Lourdes and began to see the miracle himself while he was contemplating this miracle. So what he says is that while he was kind of mulling over whether to make this official or not, Mary showed it to him just, you know, to prove it. Interesting. In 2017... Pope Francis approved the recognition of a miracle involving two of the children involved in the Fatima event, Francisco and Jacinta Marto, which paved the way for their 
Canonization, really? Wow. Skeptics are saying, you know that thing that occurs, what's it called? Parhelion? It's not, it's not a rainbow. It's when light reflects off of uh, ice crystals in the air, which creates weird areola kind of effects. There's a lot of people saying what this could have been. There were small signs, apparently, leading up to the weeks of the miracle, too. They say it could be, um, yeah, drying up of rainwater with an exceptional amount of heat coming right after that, which could cause uh, what they describe as uh, mirage effects. But I want to know about the prophecies. There were three prophecies, right? That Mary apparently gave these little girls. First visit, spring of 1916. Oh, here we go. All right. We have a breakdown. This is good. Probably going to go a little over on time on this one because I found something juicy. Okay. There were three visits. Hmm. Actually, no. First was May 13th. Second was June 13th, and we have one on July 13th. We have one August 19th, September 30th, and the big one, October 13th. So it looks like Mary appeared quite a few times, but there were only three prophecies given. The three secrets. Okay, here we go. Many people have heard the secrets. Uh, many people have heard the secrets of Fatima. There are three of these so-called secrets, which were parts of the message Mary revealed to the shepherd children. They were not immediately made public. This is especially true in the third secret of Fatima, Lucia only revealed when directly ordered to do so by her bishop in an act of holy obedience. Okay. I heard that the Catholic Church was keeping secret the third one, but it looks like the third one was uh, eventually read, actually, in 13th of May of 1981, was read for the first time in its entirety. So the three secrets of Fatima are a vision of the souls in hell, number one. Wow. Vision of the souls in hell was the first one. Second one, prediction of the end of World War I and a prediction of the beginning of World War II, as well as a request to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And number three was a vision of the Pope, along with other bishops, priests, religious, and lay people being killed by soldiers. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. And it does appear that... Okay, because I had heard that the third prophecy was sealed for a long time. The Catholic Church didn't want to reveal this, that I guess it was being held until it could be fulfilled or what have you, but it was eventually read from what I'm seeing back in the 80s. I don't know how that sailed over my head. But anyway, Miracle of the Sun. I implore you to check it out for yourself. Look at the photos. Read the stories. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a mind-bender. It's pretty, pretty damn interesting. Let me know what you think. Go to Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com. For all things Strange Places related, all the social media links are there. As well as a link to get to our Patreon account, where you can get everything from bonus episodes, giveaways at certain tiers, ad-free episodes, all kinds of stuff. Check it out. There's something there for everybody. Special thanks to the patrons, by the way. The Kunkel Homestead YouTube channel, Donald Haynes, David Peterson. I appreciate you. Special thanks to this week's sponsors and all of you. Thanks for coming back. I appreciate it. I always do. 
Okay, so yeah, that is it. Episode 96 in the books. Now, are we ever going to run out of strange places to talk about? I don't think so. Because every town has a strange place, and maybe one day, we'll visit yours. The Strange Places podcast is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a music label for truly independent artists. They will distribute and share your music on every streaming platform the internet has to offer. And the best part is that you keep all of your royalties. In fact, DistroKid has made history, marking the first time that an artist on the charts made 100% of their earnings. This is the music industry's worst nightmare, giving indie artists complete control over their art. For only 20 bucks a year, you can upload unlimited music, and with the split feature, you can split a percentage of the earnings to your bandmates. If you click the affiliate link in this episode's description, you get 7% off the first year. But did I mention that after that, it's only 20 bucks a freaking year? I've been a musician for a long time. My music is heard all over the world, and yours should be too. Click the link in this episode's description to not only support strange places, but put control of your own music back into your hands. No contracts, no hidden clauses, no lovely coin men in their lovely, lovely suits. Thanks to DistroKid for being a sponsor and giving this old dog an audience.